Before we get to this week's episode, we've got a few things to take care of. First, we want to let you know that our audio course is finally out on Himalaya Learning. The Wildlife of Your Home pod course is a 10-episode series that will train you to become an indoor wildlife investigator, a rare kind of scientist. You'll learn about ecosystems by discovering the unknown creatures you wake up with every day. It's available right now on learning.himalaya.com tumble. If you enroll now, you'll get a free 14-day trial on the Himalaya Learning platform. And next, we got some new patrons to thank. Roland, Bridger, happy belated birthday on August 2nd, Bridger. Your dad loves you and loves all the adventures you go on. Isaac and Aurora Lang, Ian Skinner, Aaron, Holly, and Charlotte. And Charlotte, happy birthday on August 15th. Keep learning and asking questions. Your mommy loves you. And also Cleo Chan Testa. Keep learning and shining and happy birthday on August 21st. There are also some more not-new patrons with birthdays coming up. Persephone Schmitter, happy birthday on August 14th. Leo Liked Gould, happy birthday on August 15th. Your parents love you and are so grateful for you. Catherine, happy birthday on August 16th. Emma Kay, happy birthday on August 21st. Mom and Dad are always so proud of you. Julian Butel, happy birthday on August 21st. Thanks to all of you and to everyone who supports Tumble on Patreon. If you'd like to get a shout-out like these people, or get a happy birthday wish from yours truly on our podcast, just go to patreon.com slash tumblepodcast and pledge at the $5 level or higher. Once again, that's patreon.com slash tumblepodcast. Hey there, it's Lindsay. Today we've got something really special for you. It's a preview of a new show from our friends at Gen Z Media. It's called Young Ben Franklin. It's a mystery adventure series about the 14-year-old who went on to become one of America's most famous founding fathers. It's recommended for our listeners age 8 and up due to some dramatic situations and strong language. For the rest of our listeners, we'll be back with more tumbles soon. If you like this show, you can find more great fiction podcasts like it at bestrobotever.com. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen so you won't miss an episode of Young Ben Franklin. Starting when else? Independence Day, July 4th. Now here's the first episode of Young Ben Franklin. This is not a story about an old man in bifocals at the center of a revolution, but rather a tale of mystery featuring a boy who had no idea he'd one day wind up with his face on the $100 bill. (laughs) As I recall, the adventure began that day on the docks. The ship had just pulled into Boston Harbor, a ship containing something my friends and I needed. And as always, I had a plan. Evo! Aye, aye, Captain. Strike sounds. Your banker! Batten down your hatches. Why the gang wait? Boys, if I don't make it back from this mission, here's what I want on my tombstone. An egg today is better than a hen tomorrow. What does that even mean? Aren't you just trying to rob the ship? Never you mind. You know what to do. Keep the crew and the crowd occupied while I get on board the ship. John, got your hornpipe? Got it, Ben. And you, Ned, got your drum? And my sticks! Sam, got your... Holy Neptune, Sam, where's your hat? Forgot. Sorry, Ben. Forgot the hat? The hat's crucial! Here, take mine. Ready, lads? 
Ready. Ready. Ben, supposing they do catch you? Catch me? Fat chance. Ben? What now, Sam? We're not a real band. We're terrible at our instruments. Play! It was a brilliant plan, if I say so myself. Slip on board the ship, reach the cargo hold, find the copper bars from Peru. It wasn't stealing. It was borrowing for the sake of science. Copper is an excellent conductor of electricity, as everyone knows. And I had important experiments to perform. There was no way it could hey, go wrong. what are you doing? Uh-oh, gotta run. Stop that boy! Don't let him get away! Watch out! Coming through! Grab him! Now! Can't catch me! Here, this barrel, I'll just slow you down. Look out for the barrel! Up to the rigging! He's swinging up there! He's slippery as a bleeding eel! We got him now! Nowhere to run! No, you've got me cornered. What shall I do? Of course, even the best laid plan has its problems. Good thing I had an alternative, just in case. What's he got there? It's a giant bloody kite! He's gonna fly a kite, is he? The cheek of that lad. Let me have Time to fly! He ain't no eel. He's a blooming bird. Fluffers! It was simply a matter of lift versus drag. The kite caught the wind, the wind lifted me off the pier, and it was clear sailing across the river to dry land. <laughs> Brilliant! If only the wind hadn't stopped. <gasps> oh dear. You know me as Benjamin Franklin, statesman, inventor, founding father. But back in 1720, when I was 14 years of age, I was just plain Ben. Printing apprentice, budding adventurer, dreamer. <laughs> of course, even then I had a knack for getting into trouble with the powers that be. Hear ye, hear ye, the court will come to order. The Honorable Charles Dudley Ward presiding. Uh, what do we have here, Constable? Looks like a drowned rat to me. Beg pardon, Your Honor. The boy's name is Benjamin Franklin. Franklin. Uh, Franklin. We fished him out of the river, we did. The aforementioned person was fleeing the scene of an attempted robbery, he was. That's not true. Silence, Benjamin. Ben. Took a runner, did he? You might say he took a flyer, Your Honor, by means of a kite. <laughs> A kite, you say? I was testing a theory it I saw. bad for Ben. What? Never mind about Ben, Sam. He'll find a way. He always does. Excuse me. Do you know the accused? His name's Ben. Ben Franklin. I tried it with He's my a friend of yours? We'd follow Ben Franklin to the top of Bunker Hill and back. Now shush, Missy. We need to pay attention. <laughs> Quiet, I say. Now do not try my patience, lad. Was it the wind? Or was it the copper bar in your pocket that weighed you down? I was merely retrieving that bar of copper for an associate who paid for it fair and square. And may the court have the name of this alleged associate? His name is Mr. Veracity Quint. Oh. Does your friend really know Veracity Quint? 
said he did, didn't he? Yeah, Ben don't lie. Not our Ben. Well, not much, anyway. We'll have none of your veracity quince talk in my courtroom. The man is a charlatan and a thorn in the side of honest law enforcement. I've heard the royal governor, Archibald Templeton, say so himself. Beg pardon, Your Honor, but you do him wrong. <clears throat> Mr. Veracity Quince is a seeker after truth, a puzzle solver extraordinaire, a consultant detective who does the work that the watchmen and constables of Boston ought to do when they're not too busy slurping clam chowder and guzzling ale. You find your target. If this Veracity Quince is such a wonder, why isn't he here to defend his associate? Why is it no one's seen his face or even knows his address? If he's got nothing to hide, why all the secrets? Mr. Quince likes to say, three can keep a secret, if two of them are dead. Now you hear me, boy. You have a date with the stocks in Boston Common unless someone will vouch for you. Well, is there no one who will stand up for this impious imp? I will, Your Honor. And who may you be? James Franklin. His brother, heaven help me. It was such a nice dream. I was flying over Boston with my kite. The whole town at my feet. All those Harvard lads looking up at me. Me, Ben Franklin, a, a nobody, a nothing. I could fly, and they were stuck on the ground. Everyone was shouting my name. Ben! Ben, Ben Franklin, get your lazy bones out of bed. It's late. Sorry, James. I should say you were. A sorry excuse for an apprentice, much less a brother. Ought to send you back to Father's candle shop. Please don't. I'm not cut out for making candles, James. You burn enough of them at both ends, though, don't you? Late to bed, late to rise. That's you, Ben Franklin. It's just that I've got these dreams, Jim. It's James to you. And don't you forget it. Don't go thinking blood is thicker than ale, cause it ain't. Yes, James. And let me say this about dreams. Don't. What? Don't dream? That's right. Look at me. I started out with just a hand press and a handful of letter types. Learned my trade with the Boston Gazette, and here I am. Just turned 21, owner and publisher of the New England Current, the most fearless broadside in the royal province of Massachusetts Bay. I do a day's work, I eat a bit of beef, drink a tankard of ale, and sleep like a babe in a cradle. What, and never dream? Not of sailing to China, or writing a book, not just reading one? Or, or being famous and everyone wants your opinion and admires you tremendously? You never dream such things? Never. And my advice to you is more beef and less books. Fewer. What's that? Fewer books. Fewer means how many, less means how much. You don't say. Well, since you know so much about the English language, how come you don't get to work and print some of it? Or do you think this bloody newspaper prints its bloody self? If only. I heard that. Ow! Let go my ear! I'll have none of your lip, mister. You belong to me until you turn 21. That's seven long years. And don't you forget it. Yes, James. Now get to work. 
Seven years. Seven years of setting type, rolling ink, turning the screw on the hand press, turning out a newspaper, selling it on the street, never getting the ink off my hands. Was that to be my future? You really know Rasty Quince? Who are you and what do you want? My name is Eliza Boyd. I'd shake your hand if it wasn't covered in ink. I remember you. You were sitting in the courtroom with John, Ned, and Sam. Well, do you or don't you? Do I or don't I what? No veracity, Quince. And supposing I do, Mistress Boyd? I need his help. I've run away, and if they catch me, it's jail or worse. How long since you've eaten? Since I ran away. And that was? Last night. More jam, please? How old are you? Ten? Eleven. How old are you? I'm asking the questions here. So, tell me your story, Eliza Boyd. I mean to tell it to Mr. Quince. First, you tell me. And if I think it's worth his valuable time, I may give you a reference. Very well. I am that is, I was a housemaid indentured to the family of Charles Fleming. What? Charles Fleming who owns half the ships in Boston Harbor? The late master Charles Fleming. He went to glory last week. May the Lord rest his soul. A kind man he was. But his widow? That's another story. Mistress is tight with a person, always watching to see if so much as a thimble goes missing. Yes, yes, we all have our troubles. Get to the point. Why did you run away? Just after the funeral, a silver teapot went missing. As I was the last one to polish it, Mistress accused me of sealing it. I swore my innocence, but she wouldn't believe me and promised to have me arrested. That's when I ran. I was hiding in the courtroom yesterday, thinking it was the last place anybody would look for a runaway. You're pretty smart for such a little girl. I'm as smart as any boy, if not smarter. I've taught myself to read and write. Read every book in Mr. Fleming's library, cover to cover. And what I want to know is if you was making it up, or if you really do know the one man who can prove my innocence, the famous Mr. Veracity Quince. Of course I know him. Like I told the judge, I'm his junior associate. When you've not got printer's ink on your fingers? I only work in the shop to help my brother James out of the kindness of my heart. Do tell. My real calling is in the puzzle-solving line. Then you'll contact Mr. Quince and ask him to help me? Um... You don't believe my story, do you? Or maybe you're just a boastful boy and don't know the legendary Mr. Quince after all. Listen, Missy, you don't contact Veracity Quince. He contacts you. Then how will he know I need his help? Veracity Quince knows everything because he's Veracity Quince. He's everywhere and nowhere. Nothing and nobody in Boston escapes him, not even a lowly housemaid. Or a lowly print shop apprentice. (sighs) Take some more biscuits and stay out of sight in the Old South Church. The next edition of the New England Current will be out on the street within an hour. Look for a message from Mr. Quince. A message from Mr. Quince in the newspaper. Got it! Little did I know that Veracity Quince had made himself a powerful enemy. Soon find out. Yes, may I help you? Be so good as to tell the governor that Judge Warren is here on pressing business. And may I inquire the nature of that business? Tell him it's about veracity quince. Tell him the man's a menace to society. 
The common citizen thinks this Quince fellow can help solve anything from a lost cat to a missing person. They don't trust their own magistrate and his duly appointed constables and watchmen to do the job. Something must be done to restore public confidence. Tell him that! No need, my dear Judge, since they can hear you all the way to Nova Scotia. Be- beg your pardon, sir. I mean, Governor, I mean, <laughs> your Lordship. I don't have a title yet, but all in good time. As the cat said to the canary, we'll have tea in the library. Lane? As you wish, sir. It's a fine house, sir. It's a very, very fine I house. I suppose so. But His Majesty didn't send me to this godforsaken colony to sip tea while some scapegrace thumbs his nose at the King's justice. A government is like a house. Allow one tiny crack in the foundation and before you know it, the whole thing comes crashing down. I couldn't agree more. But to find this man Quince requires more resources, more manpower, more... More money? Rest assured, you will have all you need. Just bring me Veracity Quince. In chains if you can, or in a coffin if you must. Ah, here's our tea. To a young woman falsely accused of death. I will prove your innocence by finding the guilty party. Fear not, the truth will come out. Yours faithfully, Veracity Quince. It was one of my best efforts, if I say so myself. It was sure to kick over the hornet's nest. Now, all I had to do was start printing. Can I be of help, Mr. Franklin? Eliza! Or should I say... Mr.